Hello, my name is Kyle Davis, and I'm the Director of Public Affairs at the Empire Center, and I'm here with Ken Gerardin, the Director of Research at the Empire Center, for another episode of Messages of Necessity. How are you doing today, Ken? I just spent several hours looking at all the new ways New York wastes money, so great. Yeah, so Ken, today we're not talking about government eggs or government bacon or even government cheese. Today we're talking about government pork. Why don't you explain to us what you mean when you talk about government pork? Well, New York wastes a lot of money. Um, the thing is, when we talk about pork, we're talking we're not talking about dubious programs in the budget or things that are in the budget at all. We're talking about the way that state lawmakers and governors have essentially created these credit cards that let them uh, spend money on projects without having to confront the trade-offs that come with it. That is to say, it's ways that individual lawmakers and the governor get to pick projects without having a full vote of the legislature and without having to have the conversation about whether this program is more worthy of something that's already being funded or whether it's worth creating a tax or hiking another tax to pay for that thing. Um, this, this, uh, this system of handing out pork and it's been several billion dollars over the past 20 years. Uh, it's driven up the state's debt costs and it's passed the costs of these projects that, again, get picked by individual lawmakers, not by majority vote or anything like that. Uh, it's passing the costs for these projects to future taxpayers who are going to be stuck paying for the costs plus interest instead of the sorts of programs uh, or initiatives that that future lawmakers think are are more appropriate. So there's a there's a level of generational theft happening here. So just last week our CEO came out and said that this is the worst possible way to spend money. Do you want to kind of elaborate that you already touched on it, but I think there's more we can dig into there. It really is the worst possible way to, to spend money. I'll, I'll give Tim credit there. Uh, you're For one thing, you're not holding votes through the normal budgetary process. There aren't hearings over these projects. You're not, you know, you're not getting majority buy-in from, you know, from, from the Senate and the legislature. Uh, you don't have the usual veto power from the governor when the legislature does try to spend money irresponsibly. Instead, you are just, you know, the, the legislature is basically just uh, passing around this credit card among its members. Um, and not only is it borrowed money, but it's also stuff that tends to go towards local concerns. These are often things that municipalities would otherwise uh, have to buy for themselves. So often you see this money go towards town halls or snow plows or playgrounds. And we can debate the merits of whether whether a town should be spending money on these things. In a lot of cases, they're perfectly defensible programs. But there's no reason to be having the entire state paying for a small handful of communities' um, amenities. In a lot of cases, some of these, some a lot of this pork goes to some of the wealthiest corners of the state that have no problem raising 
collecting funds to pay for them themselves. Um, and it creates a really bad, um, or I should say there's a really bad incentive for the lawmakers when they're dealing with this program because they they often want to use it as a way to help them you know, help themselves get reelected. So obviously not all the time, but sometimes we'll see an elected official standing out in front of uh, a building holding a big check or maybe at a ribbon cutting. Do you want to explain how how the pork process leads them into those positions and and how we get there at that ribbon cutting? Long before the current uh, pork barrel programs, um, and there's there's literally too many to list here, but long before the original pork barrel programs came online, the legislature for generations had something called member items, where the legislature would appropriate. Uh, you know, sums of money, you know, tens of millions of dollars into these funds. They called them the Community Projects Fund. And then the leadership would dole that out to the members. Now, that's not the worst possible way to spend money, but it's the second worst possible way to spend money. At least they were paying for it as they were doing it. Well, when the global financial crisis hit and state revenues cratered, Governor Patterson, to his lasting credit, and he does not get enough credit for this, Governor Patterson got rid of member items. Um, unfortunately, after Governor Cuomo came in, and this was really, I think, with a lot of cheerleading from the Senate Republicans, created, um, you know, looked back at recent history and found, oh, we can borrow through some of these public authorities we have. Now, the biggest public authority people are familiar with is the, you know, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, the, the MTA. Uh, but public authorities often have their own borrowing power. And there was a there was a public authority called the Dormitory Authority that was created after World War II to finance, uh, as people might guess, college dormitory construction. Back in the 90s, the legislature and Governor Pataki had played some cute games, having the dormitory authority pay for, you know, we'll say, you know, not real money, but we'll say like a few hundred million dollars in projects. Um, what the what the Senate Assembly and governor got together and did in 2013 was create this new uh, super pork barrel program called the State Municipal Facilities Program. And they they were authorizing close to four hundred million dollars a year in borrowing each year for several years in a row until they ultimately created over three billion dollars in borrowing power for this program. And they burned through it. Uh, you know, they burned through most of it quite quickly on projects that were getting handpicked at first, uh, primarily by Assembly Democrats, Governor Cuomo and the Senate Republicans. One of the worst parts about this approach is the public has no way of knowing to this day how the money was actually getting parceled out. We've never seen anything in the law or any kind of public document that explains, did a third of the money go to the assembly? Did a third of the money go to the Senate? Did a third of the money go to the governor? Uh, who had final sign off on these things? We've had to infer a lot of it from outside, but we've essentially had this completely, uh, this, this spending process happening completely parallel with the uh, with the budget and happening entirely out of view. So the Empire Center, you've been doing this work for a long time, Ken, but the Empire Center has been um, really at the forefront of exposing and making public some of these projects. Do you want to explain some of the history there? Uh, you know, to his to his credit, E.J. McMahon, the Empire Center's founder, was immediately critical of the legislature when they created the state and municipal facilities program. 
back in 2013. He you know, he highlighted it. He sounded the alarm. It wasn't for, for another uh, three years until we were able to get the list and see where the money was actually going. I remember uh, Terry, um, uh, Terry Weaver from the Syracuse Post Standard. She and I both spent the better part of a year trying to get the dormitory authority to give us a list of these uh, project recipients. And it was, I've got to tell you, I've I've had a lot of shocking responses to FOIL requests in my life. This was one of the most shocking because it it showed a level of fiscal profligacy that you otherwise rarely see even in New York. And that tells you something. It shows that senators and assembly members were, were you know, doing everything but putting on the beard and the velvet suit, running around playing Santa Claus in you know, in every corner of the state and kicking the costs of those projects to, uh, you know, now today, they've been doing it for more than, you know, they've, they've been doing it at this elevated level for about a decade. And a lot of that debt is coming due. There are lawmakers who are long removed from office, uh, who we are still paying, you know, where we are still paying for things that they were doling out in their districts to help themselves get reelected. And you know, to, to bring this back to where we were before, this is the worst possible way to spend public money. So we just recently had a, a new batch of projects that we released uh, at the Empire Center through C through New York. Um, do you want to explain some of the projects and maybe some of the ridiculous nature of a few of them? We just added uh, more than 300 projects totaling almost $200 million, just looking at new grants that have been awarded since January. So not even a year's worth of stuff. Uh, there was a million dollars to restore a theater on Staten Island. There was three quarters of a million dollars for the, uh, the hard knock, impoverished, very cash strapped town of Southampton to buy a $14 million property on which John Steinbeck lived part-time in his final years. This is a, this is state-level concern. There was $145,000 for a mobile gaming trailer for the Rochester Police Department. And it was exactly what it sounds like. It is a trailer with video game systems inside that moves around the city. We found $125,000 for an indoor skateboard park in the city of Albany. If I may please editorialize here, uh, the city would be better off using this money to fill some of its potholes or short of that, stocking them with rainbow trout. Uh, there was $125,000 to build a statue in the city of Schenectady, um, another capital region city that has some more pressing infrastructure needs. There was $125,000 to build a bowling alley in a town in the North Country with a population of 1,700 people. And then uh, $50,000 to build a spay and neuter clinic in the city of Amsterdam. Interesting. So maybe maybe after we're done recording this, Ken, we can go on some government government paid for bowling, uh, bowling lanes and uh, see how we do. I'm holding out for the gaming trailer, but sure. There we go. Well, I'd like to thank you all for joining this episode of Messages of Necessity. Thank you, Ken, for your time, and we will see you next time. For more news and analysis, visit our website and sign up for email updates at empirecenter.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Empire Center.